Hello, everyone. You're listening to Elisa Unfiltered Living Life Out Loud, the podcast. My name is Elisa Curry-Lowitz, and I am here today speaking from the heart to inspire and motivate you to be your best self. There is so much more to life than the nine to five daily grind, and I want to share all of my secrets with you. So let's get started. Hey guys, so it's Wednesday morning. It is June the 12th and today's episode is so great. I'm really excited to share with you my one of my favorite human beings on the entire planet, my Ayurveda coach, Christy Gambrell. She's on the show, guys. I'm so excited. So today we are going to talk all about Ayurveda, the practice of it, and how I've incorporated some of these practices and how it's changed my life. Honestly, there's not much more I want to say right now because we do get right into it in the podcast. So let's do it. Here we go. Christy Gambrell. Okay. Hi, Christy. Hi, good morning. (laughs) How are you? I'm well, really well. How are you? I'm doing super good. So uh, for all the listeners, Christy is... um, a friend who practices Ayurveda and she has been practicing for over 12 years. Is that right? Yeah. In in that realm. And you are calling in right now from, um, Kingston, right? You live in Kingston, Ontario? Yeah. Okay. So I'm super excited to have you on the show because this is a topic and a practice and a, I don't know, a, a life changing experience that has happened to me since it's been sort of introduced um, I feel like we met or I've known you for a, quite a while, but not in this sort of capacity. But we started chatting, I think, in like October of 2018. Oh. And since then, how many months is that? Six, seven, eight, nine, carry the one, probably like nine months. Um, I've really sort of expanded and I feel as though I my life has really changed around Ayurveda. Um, so I'm really happy you're here because you're the expert on this <laughs> and no, I, I don't know <laughs> well, I mean, I'm you, you're, you're the, you're the student. I guess that's a good way to put it too, as am I. Um, and I, um, yeah, I want to get into it and, and share this entire experience or at least the beginning of it. So, yeah, yeah, it's my pleasure to be here. Okay. So let's, let's chat. Um, for for people that have never heard of Ayurveda, like for me, I had done a tiny little portion of it in my 200-hour yoga teacher training. So I, I knew what the words were and I knew sort of a little bit about it, very surface level. And um, maybe you can just explain what what is it? Well, it's, uh, it's an ancient science um, that is sometimes called the sister science to yoga and um it's sort of an interplay between the body the mind and the world of matter so that it allows you to uh navigate your world or our world and it it works with the forces of nature that surround you and it also it's i guess it's the science of life and it's it's a pretty practical beautiful system that allows you to see your own uniqueness and others as well so there's there's a place of empowerment uh with it so that you work with the forces of nature rather than working against and causing more separation i guess would be my definition (laughs) yeah okay so when i yeah yeah, no that it does like i've heard a lot of things and after you and i first met i was like truly impacted by our first meeting and i was like googling it and uh you know google says it's like it's where chinese medicine stems from and where we can heal our bodies and that's kind of that sort of term like our mind can heal our bodies or we can heal ourselves has been I don't want to call it trending but it's been it's been coming up in conversation around me in the movies on documentaries and Ayurveda kind of falls in that as well like 
am I yeah. am I on to something here or what? Yeah, yeah. I think you know there's science that's backing up what has been known for many many years, thousands of years, that there is no separation, and mm-hmm. so on a very very practical level, they don't see you know a separation between if you're experiencing insomnia and the state of your mind and perhaps the state of your digestion. And so, right. Yeah. And your organ, the health of your organs. So the fact that there's now science backing up, I think perhaps that's causing, you know, more awareness or there's a wider lens. It's reaching out further. Yeah. Yes. So is this like a religion? Is Ayurveda religion? Would you say? I know. I, I don't think, I, you know, to my understanding, it's not a religion. There's no, um, it's a, there's, there's a system for sure to it, but no, there's nothing, there's nothing that you're going outside of yourself. For. Okay. Right. There's, there's no dogmatic system to it. Right. Yeah. Okay. And, um, so what draw, like, how were you drawn to Ayurveda? Where did, how did you get into the practice? I call it the practice. Um, I don't know. I call it the practice. Is that the way? Yeah. Because I'm practicing Ayurveda and people are probably thinking, what the heck does that mean? And we'll get into that. But, um, because there are, it's just like different ways to live your life. (laughs) Right. Or, um, and I think because everything, like we're always changing, like, Mm-hmm. Throughout the day, we're changing, and season to season, we're changing. So I do think it's an evolutionary process, right? So okay. yeah, I, I do think it's. I think it's a daily practice. You okay. Know, and this having that perhaps inner flexibility to become aware of the changes that are ready to unfold. Right. Within it, yeah. During my two hundred hour teacher training, I it was introduced there, mm-hmm. and then there was. Uh, a woman that was in my teacher training who I think had studied, I'm not sure for how long, but was quite interested in Ayurveda. And so uh, when I graduated, I took a foundations course in Ayurveda and it just really felt like I was at home. Like it really spoke to me. It made sense. Um, I felt like I could apply some of the skills right away into my everyday life. Yeah. And then I realized how vast it was. And, you know, there's there's a whole array of, uh, oh, sorry, a world, I guess, of Ayurveda that was just like this door had opened up to a way of health and a way of living. Yeah, so I just, I think I fell in love with it. <laughs> yeah. It's so funny. Yeah. I, 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 I'm like exactly the same. I... I, I'm, I'm not obsessed, but kind of obsessed. So in Ayurveda, there's yeah. three main doshas is what they call it. Doshas is another word for, what does that mean? Element? Yeah. So they consist of, um, the five elements that, you know, that we experience around us. And so from subtle to most grossest matter. So it would be, um, ether and air and fire and water and earth are the five elements um, through the, that's the lens that Ayurveda looks through. And so the doshas would be governed by um, two elements in each. And so the most subtlest one would be vata. And, and vata is by, the ether air? Yeah, so that sometimes it's labeled as the air dosha. Yeah, I call it wind. I don't know why. Or I thought wind, it was wind. Yeah, yeah? okay. Yeah. Um, and then pitta, which is, as you know, governed by fire and water. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it can be called like the fire dosha. Mm-hmm. And then kapha is um, fire and and earth. Kapha's and fire and earth. earth. Element. Oh. Earth, I'm sorry, excuse me, water and earth. Oh, water and earth, okay. <laughs> yes. Okay. Yeah. Water and earth. So water and fire and water and earth. Yeah. I didn't realize that. Okay, interesting. So I took an Ayurveda test um, during my yoga teacher training, and it said that I was primarily a pitta, which is that fire dosha. Um, And then after you and I met, you also sort of, I don't want to say labeled, but you said I was a pitta as well, meaning I was a fire. But I also had some kapha, which is earth. Yeah. 
Um, yeah. So I was like, in my my dosha, if you guys take a test online, you can Google it and you can do this like little quiz. There's like a million of them and like find out what your dosha is, which is really interesting in a lot of ways, or it's a great way to like get started. Um, so I'm a pitta kapha, right? Yeah, and I just want to, I, I think sometimes when I did too, when we first approach it, we tend to hone in on I'm this or I'm this one. Yeah. And we have all all three within us. Okay. We have all three doshas within us. It's just how they express uniquely in each person. And so Vata has its job, Pitta has its job, Kapha has its job as well. Mm-hmm. And it's a matter of them being in their homes and working together in harmony. However, we will have some that are more presented or I guess a higher percentage within us. So yeah. Yeah. And, and the way that they're represented is like not, it's not what I thought it was going to be. It's not like you can personality check off the boxes. It's like, do you have oily skin? Uh, What's your body type? What kind of, bowel movements do you have like it's things that are non-subjective that create this or for the most part yeah I think it depends on like where you do your quiz like sometimes it'll ask you know how would you respond to stress okay or what's what more of your dominant personality here just to get sort of more insight into you know the state of your mind and psychology as well Mm -hmm. okay primarily yeah there is a strong focus on the physical Right. And then, you know, if you were to go to an Ayurvedic doctor or physician or a practitioner, they would also use tools to do pulse reading and and look at your tongue to diagnose through your tongue and, you know, do other observations as well. But it's nice. It's fun just to go and just to see perhaps what your primary doshas are. Yeah. So for me being a Pitta, when we first... um, when we first started talking, one of the most interesting things, like, so, so just to rewind a little bit, I started to chat with you about this because I was feeling so incredibly tired. Um, I was also freezing cold, um, just miserable, really like lack, lacked motivation. I felt like I had like a physical depression. However, my mind felt like clear, or maybe not like crystal clear, but I I felt well in the mind, but my body was just so tired. And the most fascinating thing that we kind of established together was that my vata or wind was out of alignment. And, and I just, I found, I was like, okay, well, what does that even mean? And we just started to tweak some of my daily routine. um, One of which was getting up in the morning at five 30 in the morning and drinking a tea in the morning, a hot lemon water, doing the tongue scraping, like those little things like completely shifted everything inside of me. What, what does that, what does that mean? Like, why does, how does that work? <laughs> That's a really hard question. Maybe it's maybe non-specific, but <laughs> That's like, okay. what's happening in me? Like what happened? Well, I think our body is always speaking to us. It's just, you know, becoming quiet or still to, to listen to what what we actually need as things change and you know that again that's one of the things the beautiful things I find about Ayurveda is it's we're always changing you know the seasons are always changing and it does affect our internal world it affects affects our body and when you know even during the day we feel different when we get up in the morning versus when we go to bed at night and so it's cultivating this sense of awareness and stillness within so that we move from a place of, I guess, love and, and reverence. Like that's what we're striving towards. And so what served us at one point as far as habits or routines may not necessarily serve us at a different time in our life. And so Ayurveda really hones in on digestion because what we take in we digest and whether that's food or conversations or our our environment in general sometimes can be it can be it can tax the system and so when you started to integrate some of those little 
refinements into your daily routine, it just allowed your body to, I think, digest things. Mm -hmm. And so we also needed to warm your body up a little bit. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so, you know, shifting your diet, it seemed to really help things as well. But the, the warm water and lemon in the morning just it helps to, there's an undigested toxin that can accumulate in the digestive system called AMA. And so that just helped to sort of scrape away some of that plaque or AMA that was in your digestive system, which can cause the lethargy and heaviness and right. the things that you were describing. Yeah. So when uh, when you mentioned uh, shifting my diet, uh, what I actually did was... Um, just ate hot food. It was so interesting. So I've done quite a few diets in my day um, that are very restrictive. But this was a really interesting thing that I did over the entire winter. We I just shifted out of this actually like mid-May. Um, so I started in November and went all the way to May where I was only eating hot cooked food. So there was I could eat whatever I wanted However, it had to be warm when it went into my mouth. I believe that's those are the words you had talked to me about. And so I just did it. And it was incredible, the, the shift I felt in, like, it, I, I think I told you this, but I lost 10 pounds in like 10 days. And it was oh, almost... Right, I forgot. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, I was it was almost like I was holding on to like inflammation or fluid. And it literally just like dropped out of my body it also these little tweaks uh people call it um eating to your dosha is that right yeah i think so with ayurveda like one of the other sort of principles is opposites heal opposites heal Mm. opposites heal so if you're experiencing you know for instance if you're experiencing an overabundance of heat in the body you have a high pitta and eating more spicy foods and taking in more heating senses is just going to exacerbate the heat in your body. And so Ayurveda would bring in the opposing doshas to help bring your system back into balance and harmony. Right. So you just want to have your air, your fire, water, earth all in balance like that's the whole prince that's the whole philosophy thing sorry of Ayurveda is like just keeping everything in balance yeah like we're, we're striving towards that right yeah this, <laughs> yeah this yeah, continual you know sometimes I think especially Pitta Dosha will go into like perfectionism and think you know we have to be in harmony and balance all the time mm-hmm. and I think that's unrealistic and so allowing yourself to objectively observe what's going on and then what is it that my body needs what is it that my mind needs right now and allowing yourself to adjust to those needs does that make sense it does and that really resonates with me because I I think I'm primarily pitta and I do feel that like perfectionism so like right now as we're shifting into a new season and things are getting warmer outside I'm I do feel off and I mentioned this earlier before we started the podcast that I'm I feel out of alignment I feel okay with that right now like I feel like I'm in a place where I know that I'm going to get back into alignment I just haven't figured out what the tweaks are to like make me feel that way so I do feel tired again I feel like I want to rest you know what I did you know what I did yesterday I I took a nap <laughs> I haven't no, napped yay. in like 27 years. <laughs> like, oh, it's so good. <laughs> I I was like, I you know what? I'm tired. I'm gonna go and lay down, whether I fall asleep or not. Like, I never really allow myself to do that. But I was like, I'm trying to like go with the flow a little bit more and like just listen to my body and honor what it's saying. And it was saying, you're tired. <laughs> um, How did you feel after? You know, um, I I felt a little bit tired. I kind of had like a headache. I was kind of like, what time is it? Where am I? What's happening? But then, you know, I, I just kind of carried on with my day. It really, really kind of saved me. (laughs) It really kind of saved me. So yeah, I'm having like a little bit of um, a shift happening and I'm not sure what to do, like the physical side of it and the mental side of it. Um, Because 
That's the interesting thing. So I started practicing this because of a physical um, problem, if you want to call it that, something physically happening to me. Um, however, once I started to like get back into balance physically, it really shifted into my emotional state and into my brain. And I felt more in tuned or connected to my intuition a little bit more. Can you speak to that a little bit? Well, I think it's, again, like going back to there's no separation between the body and the mind. And Ayurveda recognizes that. And one of the main principles of the practice is cultivating um, abundant health, I guess would be the best way to say that, so that you're established in your higher self. Okay. And so that you're you're thriving and you're flowing and there's an allowing and so that you're moving from a place of giving unconditionally and and loving and kind which is our true nature Mm -hmm. and so during the season like you know fall and and spring are big transitional times of year Mm -hmm. and so especially i find in our climate we experience the four seasons oh yeah and it's a lot of change in a short amount of time. And so we become habitual to, you know, the way that we're eating and we feel good. And all of a sudden then things shift and change. It's kind of like parenting. You be, you know, you get into a groove with your children and then you think, okay, I've, I've got a handle on this. We're in a good rhythm. And then things shift and change. And then there's a readjustment period again. Yeah. And it's this, it's this continue, this constant practice of coming back to your center, coming back to stillness, and then reevaluating and then moving from that place. And I'm, I guess I'm pretty practical in that sense. You know, I used to think higher self meant something that was outside of myself and I had to have all of these rituals to attain it. Yep. But I think it's moment to moment and action to action and conversation to conversation And I'm not always great at it. However, there's always this coming back to my center and then readjusting. And how can I show up then? What does this person need or what's needed right now so that I can be established in my higher self? And it changes all the time. That just really impacted me in a very good way. (laughs) Okay. Okay. I love that because I I, I have to say like I – must be practical in that sense as well, because I, I do feel it is moment to moment and shifting. And that is very, that was very well put. I like that a lot. I like that a lot. And it like, okay. So this winter, what happened in my body just like helped me to see that there is a different way. I, and it helped me to believe that I, I mean, you hear stuff and you see people having these transformations and their life changes and blah, blah, blah. And then you try it yourself and it doesn't work the same way. So I guess everyone's different. Everyone's doshas may not be balanced in the same way or need balancing in different ways. However, I think we like really figured it out because I felt so good, even though it was freezing. We had the most cold winter of all time. Like that was so hard. Like there were some really hard moments. Don't get me wrong. Life was hard this winter. Um, but I put myself in the position to thrive in my body as best as I could. So yeah, I felt lighter. I felt more clear. Uh, and I felt more connected to my center, if you want to call that, or my higher self. I felt like it was easier this is this is crazy, but it felt like it was easier to f- appreciate who I am and like love myself to a certain extent. And I thought that that because I I've been doing quite a bit of work over the last few years to really connect to myself. But through this practice, and I'm talking having lemon water in the morning and doing um, a couple of meditations in the day and finding stillness in my mind for like five minutes, like changed the my life. <laughs> It, it kind of changed everything. So now, um, well, I just have to say, just quickly, yeah, sorry go. to interrupt. No, please do. You, you have such. You're, I have to admit, like it's easy. 
it's, it's kind of easy for me because you, whatever I had offered to you, you were like, yep, do it done. (laughs) (laughs) Because you have, you have such, you have discipline or you have a lot of tapas and you're, there's a willingness. And I, I think because I don't know, you, it resonated with you and you said you love it. There was such a willingness to say, okay, let's give this a try. And because you had the follow through to do it, that's the transformation piece. That's part of it. (laughs) And so it's, you know, allowing somebody, allow yourself to be vulnerable and trusting me to say, let's, let's give this a try and let's work together in this. Like you're not alone. Yeah. And I think sometimes that's tricky for us in our culture is to A, be vulnerable and then also to work together in this. So I, I do, I, I, you know, I've actually got a lot of joy out of working with you and getting to know you on a, on a deeper level because it's just, it lights me up too, like to see you evolve and come into your higher self and touch that place in yourself. That's so cool. Like we've had some really cool conversations where like, yeah, on a spiritual level, but also in like a add ginger to your lemon water for two weeks. And I do. And it like just makes me angry and I'm like mad at everyone. And you're like, okay, you can take the ginger out. It's okay. (laughs) Ginger's not the right one. (laughs) Like we, so doing those little tweaks. So now, okay. So what's happening in the spring? So, um, we're in the spring or summer almost, we're almost in the summer. Oh my gosh. What's yeah. hap- what's happening in in the world right now of Ayurveda in the shift? Well, like as our, like I said here in our climate, like as things change, I see it as the winter months we're really deep inside of ourselves and things are obviously cold and dry. And so as spring comes in, things start to melt and we slowly start to, we also start to expand and mm-hmm. we become warmer. We go through that period of dampness too. But now, as you can feel it, like it's, it's warm outside. And so you had mentioned before about it's becoming tricky to stick to a routine. Yeah. Yeah. That's, right? that's been my main thing. Like I wake up and the last thing I want to do is do what I was doing in the winter, like laying on my mat, doing a meditation, rolling out. Like I was so disciplined. And right now, like my, in my insides, like my instinct is like, don't do it. Just don't do it. <laughs> and I'm like, and then this, like the ego side of me, like the, the talker and the story is like, but it was working so well. Why, why isn't it working now? You know? Yeah. Just need to change things up. That's all. I think that goes that's back all. to what you were speaking of with like, um, when we're set in our routines, how, this practice really gets us out of that or gives us permission to get out of our routines potentially. Yeah. Or just shift it, shift it. I think routine is very grounding and it's stabilizing. Yes. It's just allowing yourself, I think, and there's a vulnerability piece to the allowing of it's time to shift things a little bit. So, you know, as tweaking your diet into more, cooling foods and spices mm-hmm. as we get into the warmer months you may notice that you eat less as well you might have to take in more water and you know maybe your exercise routine changes a little bit as well if you're used to running so many kilometers or a lot of like rajasic or aggravating I want to say activity you might switch it to something a little more cooling Maybe switch it to swimming or dialing down your yoga practice so it's a more cooling, things like that. For me, one of the big symptoms that's happening right now is the sleep, the lack of sleep. So um, it doesn't really matter what time I go to bed. I've been waking up at like 4.30 in the morning and staying awake. Now, I sometimes stay in bed till 5 because I feel like that's a more civilized hour to wake up. Yeah, so what's happening there? What what do you think is happening? Well, are you, I guess a couple questions. Are you, are you going to bed at around the same time? Yeah. Well, okay. so last time we spoke, we talked about being a bit more social. So I have been doing some more social things. Like I'm putting myself out there a little bit more and I'm having a great time. 
This is also been tricky because I don't go to bed till like 10 30 or 11 at night which for me on like a school night is is late typically I'd be like getting into bed at like 9 9 30 and being dead asleep at 10 so I wake up at 5 30 in the morning and start my day and I I get you know my seven and a half eight hours that's like the goal the dream sort of now it's it's I go to bed at 11 and I'm waking up at 4.30, which six and a half hours of dead sleep. Like I do not wake up in that time. Like I literally sometimes fall asleep and wake up in the same position. <laughs> but I, I'm, I'm, I'm not. Yeah, I, it's not enough. It's not enough. Mm. I mean, I would try a couple things. Like I would try shifting back to going to bed by 10 o'clock. Okay. And seeing because with the lens of Ayurveda, the sequence of the day also shifts uh, every four hours. And so allowing yourself to go to bed before sort of the vata time, which is the more air and ether elements that come in, which then can make your mind busier and you might get, you know, a second wind some people get. So going to bed while you're still grounded, I guess. Okay. Um, and also looking at what you're doing before bed as well. So, you know, the social part is amazing for the connection piece, but just maybe starting to listen a little bit deeper to where you're socializing or what you're doing and do you find it's exciting you at the wrong time of day? Yes, it is. I can tell okay. you that right now. <laughs> okay. <laughs> try that you could also try like something you know heating up some warm milk um before bed or just doing something that's really grounding before bed to help settle your mind again okay so I would try that but yeah just allow yourself to come back you know to that place of stillness and deep listening again I'm finding though that like the falling asleep piece not the hard part it's the waking up at 4.30. So do you suppose that if I ground myself before I fall asleep, it will help carry me? Is that sort of the the, th- the thought? Yeah. The other, the other thing too is I'm sweating. I've been having night sweats. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I f- was thinking maybe like pitta. I'm yeah. still getting like canker sores in my mouth. I never get cankers. I haven't had a canker since I was like a teenager. I used to eat like salt and vinegar chips till I died and would have all these sores in my mouth. <laughs> and I like, yeah, it's, it's crazy. Yeah. So the sore, like it's definitely fire quality, like, mm-hmm. like little ulcers in your mouth. Mm-hmm. So taking a peek at your diet. Okay. For sure. Um, but then also, yes, your diet, also the activity of your mind, like, or activity in general. If you find that you're gravitating towards like excitable activities or things that are agitating to your system, mm-hmm. I'm not sure, like coffee, like just those. I have been drinking a lot of stimulating. Okay, I have been drinking a lot yeah. of coffee lately. And what time? Till what time? Like basically from 5.30 till 7. I probably have like three cups. <laughs> oh, just in the morning. Okay. Just in the morning. Just in the morning. Yeah. Okay. Okay. No, five thirty a.m. until seven a.m. Not seven p.m. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's like, well, if you're having it, yeah, in the afternoon, you know, maybe try going back to just one cup. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Damn it. Just try it, just because it's stimulating, and we're coming into right high fiery time of year. Right. So just yeah, you don't want to have a forest fire. Right. So you want to be able to, like, if it's just coming at the fire's just starting to come out of the pit a little bit, we want to start to contain it now. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So one of the things that I wrote down the last time we spoke, and I, I, in terms of diet, one of the things was no rice. Don't eat rice. I totally forgot that. And I've been eating rice. Uh, I'm going to... Mm, and then I also... I wonder if that was through the spring. That was through the spring. That was through the spring? Oh, okay. It's so, just because of the quality, because Ayurveda talks about the gunas. The gunas so what's a guna? are qualities. And so, like, they'll have opposite qualities. Um, so it would be, you know, dry, light, hard, soft. So it would go through the 20 qualities. 
So when you look at the qualities of the springtime or more of a kapha quality, because that's the time of year is a kapha time of year. Spring is like spring. earth. Okay. Yeah. So you experience the heaviness and the dampness around that time of year. And if you have a stronger kapha dosha, you might experience it more. What would that look so like? What, what does that mean in someone who has a kapha dosha? If they have those qualities, um, you'd experience maybe some weight gain, mm-hmm. retained fluids, so like lethargy, uh, sleeping, oversleeping. Oversleeping. Sometimes oversleeping, yeah. Some emotional eating might happen. Because I almost feel like all of those things you just said are happening to me. Like I have, like I'm swollen again. Like I feel like I have some weight gain. I feel like the lethargic, like that tired sort of unmotivated feeling, but I'm not sleeping. I'm not oversleeping rather. You're not oversleeping. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So looking the, so some of the qualities, you know, I'm sorry, this is kind of just, I feel like I'm chopping it up a little bit because it's such a, a wide, wide science. Of course. Yeah. So this is sort of, you know, we're talking about some basic things. Yeah. Um, it's understandable it's understandable basic things that's the thing like with this whole thing like it's so fascinating and it's just like I feel like for once I'm being heard by you and through the practice I'm being heard like I'm also listening (laughs) better anyways yeah you know in yoga as well like ahimsa like like kindness towards each other and yourself is also in the mix. So, you know, having those, if you can, those kind eyes towards yourself, that what is it that I really need right now? Going back to the spring, mm-hmm. um, as far as rice, because it's a heavier quality and there's a sweetness to it, that's probably why Okay. it was, yeah. It was on it the was, list. Yeah, to take out for a little bit. But for right now... You know, it's tricky because sweetness uh, nourishes you and it also helps to pacify excessive heat. Oh, so is that yeah, why I'm so craving sweetness this, like crazy? <laughs> might be it because your fire might be up. Okay. It sounds like it's up. Yeah. So it's finding ways to help sort of pacify the heat in your body. So what are some ways for like a pitta... Um, prime like a dominant person uh to to cool off or to start cooling off when it's so hot outside like it's it's interesting though because right now in ottawa we have 12 degree highs and then 30 degree highs it's like so random so like i walk outside and i'm freezing i have to go and get a jacket (laughs) it's very confusing and i'm feeling that confusion in my body and in my mind even it's true. It's it's very vata aggravating. It, oh. it is. So what does that what does that mean? That. What does that mean vata aggravating? What does that mean? Well, all the changes that are happening. You know, it's it's like you said. It's cold one day, and then it's hot the next, and then it's really windy the following day. Yeah. So that all has an effect inside. So that constant change is 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 aggravating the system. And what because, does that look like, though? So how would I know if I'm being aggravated? Well, if your vata is high, insomnia is one. Okay. So your sleep will be disturbed for sure. Your digestion will be off. You might experience, like, bloating and constipation. Okay. Um, dryness, any sort of dryness in the body. Dry skin, dry hair, dry eyes. But also, there's, there also can be a rough quality, too, and it. you can sometimes hear it in your voice. Mm-hmm. You know, like there's there's a, a dry sort of rough quality. Um, you might be a bit more standoffish or a bit colder with people mm-hmm. uh, or situations where you normally might be more warming and and open. You know, it's not just the physical body, but it's also our mind and, you know, experiencing emotions, anxiety, if your vata is increased to experience anxiety okay as well like a feeling of ungroundedness or unsettling confusion yeah what about pitta when your pitta's off in spring 
What would someone who is a primary pitta, like I know kind of what I feel, but what would An someone, access. yeah. Yeah, irritability. <laughs> You'll feel it like, yeah, anger. You'll feel it. Any sort of acne. Yes. That's excessive heat in the body. Ulcers, heartburn, burning sensation at all, like in your eyes or when you're urinating, things like that. Interesting. But also there's like a sense of, there can also be like an aggression as well. Okay. You know, I, I, I have a lot of pitta as well. So there's sort of this, I'll experience like an, a, an irritation or an aggression. Like I have a low tolerance for things. Yeah, I definitely have that, like a low tolerance for things. However, I'm able to like recognize that that's happening at this point And I can like put some space between myself and the situation and just to like try and cool myself off by like sort of breathing (laughs) I remember I remember talking about how an anger shows up um or anger shows up when when a boundary has been crossed um Mm. and talking about what what I'm harboring versus uh, expectations and how to voice my expectations and things things like that are slowly happening for me yeah, but that's a that's a hard that's a hard practice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to voice expectation or voice my needs. Or, yeah. Voice yeah. my needs. Yeah. Yeah, because there's a there's a vulnerability that's present when you voice your needs. Yes. And that's some, that can be tricky for some of us. And sometimes it's voicing my needs to myself and how to like show up for myself. Not saying like, you have to do this or you better do that or else I'll be angry. It's not like, that's not what I mean by voicing my needs. It's like a lot of the times just like even being true to myself, like in the mornings when I don't want to do that yoga practice, just being okay with it. Well, what do I need? (laughs) And allowing, and this is, I think allowing yourself to let go of the expectation that you need to perform a certain amount of asanas or a duration going on your mat. Mm. So there was once a yoga teacher that said, like, just stand on it or sit, just stand on your yoga mat, Tadasana, one pose, and then see what happens from there. So if you can lessen the expectations of how it should look like when you're having those days, like routine is great but allowing yourself to just stand there and something usually emerges from that. I like that. That's very interesting because yeah, yeah, that is very interesting. See now I would never have thought of doing something like that because of the expectations or the belief systems I have, like this is how you have to do it. It always is black or white, but it's really not, or it's as black as or white as we make it. And I find like every time we speak, I have these like moments of like, Oh yeah, I don't have to do it this way. It's not lin- like it's not linear. It's not the world isn't linear. It's like no. there's depth and there's horizontal dimension and realm in this. Um yeah. And that's kind of I guess like one of the biggest teaching. That's just I I'm having an aha moment as I'm speaking here. Um <laughs> that's like the one of the coolest things about this is learning that and like letting go of the straight narrow line like it's it's really fascinating i was actually speaking to a friend um who's going through some i don't know some difficulty and giving him permission to change his routine he's like excited about that but it's funny that like that concept had never actually been thought of for for him he's always just done what he does i just am who i am but if who you are if you're not satisfied or happy or fulfilled or can have like a sense of content and love for yourself, then maybe what you're doing isn't in your best interest <laughs> or serving you. Yeah, we cultivate habits for a reason. And what once served us may no longer at another stage of our life. And I think that's what I love about Ayurveda is that it, it teaches you that we have different phases of our life, you know, like when we're children, we're more of at a kapha phase. 
midlife, you're in a pitta phase, and then as you age, you come into more of an avata really? uh, stage of life. Yeah, so I think, you know, what served us when we were children, and then as we grow into adults, looking at do those behaviors and do those habits still serve? And maybe trying on, I think that's the playfulness about it is tweaking things and let's try this and yeah. see what happens. Because change can be really scary for some people. Uh, yeah. Trying not to go from one end of the spectrum and then swing the pendulum to the other side is important. And so just allowing yourself to take small baby steps so that it's more sustainable yeah. and that you don't freak your nervous system out. <laughs> it's very gentle. Yeah, there's a kindness to it. Mm-hmm. And it's, yeah, it, there is a kindness to it. And it helps me to like really identify the times when I'm not being kind to myself. For example, one of the biggest things you and I talk about is alcohol <laughs> and what that does. And like... Um, since our last talk I have, I did get drunk one time and I just, it was again, it was, I woke up the next day and I was like, what, Elisa, what are you doing? Like, why, why? Like, I don't know why. I just do it. I punish my body and it feels like shit and it takes me a week to recover. Like, maybe not a week to not feel hungover, but to feel back my energy back in my body yeah well it's, it's aggravating and the thing is is like Ayurveda is not about extremes okay. either you right. know thing I you know I think there's room for things in moderation so if you are I think I've said to this this to you before if you are going to have something alcoholic then let yourself drink water in between right or start to minimize the consumption because strong pitta types have a hard time with alcohol yeah yeah they do so what's once served you for the habit for a reason the fact that you're questioning it i think is a really good thing is just watch the dialogue afterwards yes sometimes that can be just as harmful oh the the way that we speak to ourselves after the dialogue's not good However, then it comes, it shifts into like, um, you know, I heard, um, one of my new favorite podcasters, his name's Mark Groves. I actually met him personally. Do you know who he is? Have you heard of him before? No. Um, okay. Okay. Well, he's, um, he's this relationships guru and I met him when I was in Vancouver. He's very cool. But he said in a podcast the other day, what do you think life would be like without all of our social contracts? Like drinking. So the in order to have fun when you're out you have to have alcohol like those types of contracts and I just I it kind of stuck with me and I'm it's still like a a learning like the booze is a learning thing I very much enjoy the feeling of being drunk it's different like my enjoyment is a lot different I used to like it as an escape yes I kind of do that sometimes as well as an escape but I just like feel like it's kind of like a I I feel fun (laughs) Uh, I feel fun when I'm drunk. Like, I feel fun when I'm not drunk, too. I don't know. It's just this, like, really interesting battle that I, like, alcohol and myself have or having right now. But every single time I drink, I literally feel like shit. And it's, it's, it, it might be the cause of why everything's off or I feel out of alignment. What do you think of that? Stan? Well, I think you have to look at the consequence. Yeah. Yeah, from so. <laughs> the alcohol. Like, yeah. what is what is the consequence? And if you, you know, there's some people that don't have a taste for alcohol at all, and there's, you know, some people, I guess, can metabolize it a little better. Yeah. But you have to look at, like, for you, like, what is maybe a little deeper about you know when you said like you feel fun yeah with alcohol so maybe looking at I hope it's okay to say like if there's social anxieties yeah there is you know (laughs) like does it give you a sense of relaxation 
you know, to socialize into things. Yes. And okay. So perhaps looking at that a little bit deeper, what is it? Are you putting pressure on yourself to socialize in a certain way or with, you know, a certain group of people or whatever the situation is? You know, are you having expectations of the way you show up? Ooh, yes. (laughs) Yes, I am. (laughs) (laughs) Because, you know, when I speak to you, like, I I think you're sober every time we speak. (laughs) Yeah, we we are. (laughs) I am. You seem very fun and joyful and you're very eager, you know, to try new things and you sound social, social to me. Mm -hmm. So I think it's allowing yourself to almost widen your perspective a little bit. Mm -hmm. I, 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 I'm writing that down. I like that. I like that. I like that a lot. (laughs) How about I say, I like that one more time. (laughs) I like that. (laughs) Uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you're so lovely. Oh, like, thank you. You're so lovely. Like, <laughs> but it, you yeah, know, it I, might I, just be that, uh, anxiety piece and evaluating what my social contracts are and what they look like. All of these, this is very interesting to me. Yeah. No, I really like that a lot. I'm writing that down right now. Thank you. <laughs> we're also like, I think our culture is shifting. I, I think a little bit, but I think, we're sort of taught or conditioned at a young age to be extroverted. Yes. Or extroverted makes you successful or extroverts get a win or something like that. Extroverts are better. Introverts don't allow the introverts to sort of thrive. I don't know. I find that that's kind of what I learned. Sorry, I cut you off there. No, no, that's okay. Yeah, it's fine. It's true. There's a bit of cultural conditioning to that mm-hmm. about extroversion. And, you know, coming back to what we talked about, like your highest self, establishing yourself in in your highest self, in your truth. And we're not all the same. There are some people that, you know, thrive off being extroverted and it's very easy for them and they're comfortable with that and you can see it in them. And then there are others that feel really comfortable sort of sitting back and observing mm-hmm. and reflecting and perhaps writing and their expression comes out in, in a different way. Mm-hmm. It's not always valued, in my opinion, but yeah. That's true. It is not always valued. Yeah. Isn't that interesting? <laughs> <laughs> Coming back to just the summer and practicing Ayurveda, What's like kind of, is there like a general sort of tip for someone feeling off? Like how, where can people go or how can they understand or learn a little bit more about this? You know, a really great resource is Banyan Botanicals. They have a great quiz on there and there's an abundance of information. And then they also sell oils and they do sell herbal supplements as well. Yeah. But it's a it's a really great, I find, well-rounded resource. Yeah. And another one that I like to tap into is Dr. John Duyart. I think his is lifespa.com, okay. maybe. But he, I think there's videos on there and there's information as well on his teachings. There's, I mean, there's a couple great books. There's... Um, a book by a friend of mine, Mona Warner, that she just wrote. And her is, is Ayurvedic Principles into Yoga Practice. Ayurvedic Principles into Yoga Practice? Ooh, that would into be good. Into Yoga Practice? Yeah. Yeah. And then I just, I, I bought a book. It's very, very practical and it's modernized as well. And it's called Eat, Feel Fresh. Ooh. I mean, there's, uh, there's lots of other books as well. But I, I do like hers because, like I said, she's modernized things and her recipes are really simple. So she's got like a smoothie, smoothie section and then there's a bowl section and then she talks about an overview of the basic principles of Ayurveda in her book too. So it's, it's educational. I like it. And her, yeah, and I think her name is Sahara Rose. Okay, I'm writing that down too. Sahara yeah. Rose. Amazing. Because yes, yeah, so this this 
before I started practicing, just to kind of summarize, before I started practicing these things, I really felt like I was dying, like there was something wrong with me, um, that I didn't want to believe that these symptoms were stress manifested somehow in my body, that I was stressed out somehow. I wanted there to be like a medical reason why I was so tired and experiencing like the pain down my arms. People were throwing out like that I have fibromyalgia, that I, which is undiagnosed pain and all of these things. And I just, I really, I fought with my medical doctor uh, many times. I wanted more tests. I paid for additional blood work and additional tests. I wanted there to be like a diagnosis so that I could go from there. I would not accept that it was a stress. And it's really interesting because like, during the dark days of me when I before I like woke up and had my aha moment to life I felt the same way like I felt like there was something wrong with me or that I was dying but it's so interesting that 10 days after I did those five simple things I the list is like clear in my mind I had hot lemon water I scraped my tongue I got up at 5 30 in the morning I had nettles tea and only hot food that's what we first talked about to gently ease my body back into alignment or to test the waters, like see if that would work, right? Right. All of my symptoms were basically gone. (laughs) Like it was insane how my body just kind of was like, ah, thank you. Thank you, thank you. So yeah, interesting. (laughs) What a great like recalibration of relationship to yourself. Yes. Like, you know, hearing you say that because I think you listened. Mm-hmm. There was a deep sense of listening. Mm-hmm. A deep you sense know? of listening. And like I I know there's a lot of people out there listening right now that are that have pain in their body or that have something going on or they're manifesting whatever it is inside of them or they have whatever kind of energy or anger or emotions. And it's just like I, the stress, stress manifests itself in so many ways that are unexplained. And it's really like, that's what I love about Ayurveda is how you like gently bring yourself into alignment. And it literally is like changing the way I see everything. It doesn't mean that I don't have bad days or stress. It just means, right? Like it just means overall the, the state of my body and my mind is is a lot more connected and a lot more at ease if that makes sense yeah of course you know Ayurveda there's layers to it so Ayurveda I want to use the word preventative in Mm. a way okay it's a preventative system where western medicine this they may wait till more symptoms arise and so the disease is deeper in the body and then treat Right. So Ayurveda just see it's just from a, a different lens. Yes. And I'm so glad that I put the glasses on, Christy. <laughs> <laughs> Aren't you? <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Okay, so, so happy for you. So let's <laughs> let's kind of wrap it up. I mean, is there anything else that like we're missing here or that you'd like to say? Because like we kind of touched on a lot of like surface level yeah. stuff but there was like a lot of bouncing around I don't know <laughs> okay um, um I think the only thing is is that people study Ayurveda for their whole entire life mm-hmm. and so there are Ayurvedic physicians out there and practitioners out there and it's it's a very I think in my opinion it's a very wide intelligent system that can help to bring ourselves back into a place of harmony and the earth as well and the earth as well okay well yeah i want to thank you so much for coming onto the show and sharing your thoughts and helping me work through some some more shit (laughs) every time we speak i just feel so good and like i i don't know i get the sense that i'm not alone (laughs) 
and that no. I, and it's helping me to like understand because that's the thing like I don't necessarily understand what's happening and I know that that's there's this part of me that is okay with that now um uh but there's also a part of me that knows or like trusts that it's going to be okay <laughs> everything's going to be okay <laughs> it's been my pleasure to to get to know you deeper and to work with you and I do I I get such joy out of it as well when we speak so and it also helps me to learn more like I said I'm a student and I'm always learning and evolving hopefully Mm -hmm. and allowing it to unfold so it helps to keep me in integrity (laughs) I love that thank you (laughs) okay well Thanks so much. Uh, we'll have to do this again at some point, like a follow-up, maybe in the fall when seasons yeah. change again. <laughs> um, but yeah, that was great. Thank you so much. Thank you. Okay, bye. bye. Okay, that's all for today. I want to give a huge thank you to Christy Gambrell for coming on the show and sharing all her wealth of knowledge about Ayurveda. I would love to hear your feedback, so either through DMs on Instagram, email, or comment in the show notes. If you haven't done so already, please go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, rate, and leave a review. Thank you all so much for listening. Have the best day, everyone. Until next time.